this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. It is uh, Wednesday, 19 October in the year of our Lord, 2022. You're in the battleground. And of course, with one day less than three weeks to go uh, to this historic date, we are absolutely uh, jam-packed and you're going to want to uh, sit down, maybe have a cup of coffee or an adult beverage if you want and um, have us roll out the show. I want to go first out to Colorado. We have the uh, the uh, intrepid Sharona Bishop. Sharona, there's all, obviously we have people all over the place watching the polling, watching the early voting, watching everything. A... And this is showing you that there are candidates in Colorado that are closing on these radicals that run the state and at the federal level. But we've never really solved Colorado as an issue about the voting. And you have one of the worst uh, secretaries of state in the country. I want to say this all in the spirit of we have to get out and vote. You have to own your vote. And we're going to sort all this out. But we still have some big problems in, in Colorado. You're with you, Lori. Walk me through what the problems are. Why we still have them? What are you doing before I bring on your lawyer, Maurice Emmer? Yes, well, Maurice Emmer is an advisor for this team of regular citizens who are pushing back on the Secretary of State yet again. We have a lot of problems. We have dirty voter rolls. Tom Fitton is involved in suing the state of Colorado for those. We have machines that were never properly um, uh, checked. They've not been legal. They're not. We're really not supposed to be using them. They are supposed to be air-gapped, which means they can't be connected to the internet. And of course, they're not. They all contain Bluetooth modems. None of this has been dealt with. In addition to that, we had a primary election with a ton of anomalies that we still haven't been able to uh, get a judge to actually look at. So we thought, you know, with all of this talk on the, being reasonable, being diplomatic, they don't want to hear about elections that they think were stolen. Okay, you don't want to talk about the big steals that are happening from 2020 on and every subsequent election since. That's fine. Let's talk about the legality of actually using these machines that have a paper trail that show they're not legal to use in the state of Colorado. And um, Maurice is with us. Uh, uh, Maurice can speak to this a little bit even more than I can. But one of the, fa the fundamental issues with the machines is that they contain what we call a cannibal program. They are self-consuming. You're required by the state law and the federal law to hold on to every single scrap of any election-related material, period, all of it. And these files, they're called analog files or log files, they're the history of what goes on inside the machines. And you are required by law to preserve those for 22 months according to federal law and 25 months according to Colorado state law. And Maurice can fill us in on more of what the actual lawsuit is. But we need people to but, know but, where but, we but, haven't But stopped. hang on, ho, 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 slow down, but slow down, mm -hmm. slow down, slow down. We've been at this for two years. How can you, and I want to make sure every, no one in this audience is sitting there going, my vote doesn't count. But right. if it's been two years, what have you guys been doing in Colorado for two years? I'm, I'm, I'm three weeks away from an election day, and I got Maurice, and I know you're going to go in and, and, and file a lawsuit, but what's been happening for two years? Well, gosh, everything. Every 
avenue that we can pursue we've been doing. What we lack in Colorado is one judge with courage who will actually allow any case whatsoever to go to trial. And so again, um, the emotional pleas of, a, of someone saying that their election was stolen, that's not what this case is about. We're trying to get on their level. Okay, you don't want to hear about that stuff. But what about what about but this. what about the state elections? Hang on, elections are by states. State legislatures have the power. The Supreme Court is going to rule in this massive suit around. I think it's North Carolina and start to devolve even more power back to the states on elections. Why haven't has it been to the state legislature? Have you? And I understand you don't control the state yeah. legislature. There's got to be other avenues in the courts. The courts has been the courts have been the least effective uh, methodology. Uh, so other states, Georgia, clean at least partly cleaned their mess up. Other states have tried to clean their mess up. It's still a problem. But why does it appear that nothing has happened in Colorado? Well, because we have a Democrat trifecta. We have Jared Polis, the most radical progressive governor in the history of the United States of America, hiding under the radar in Colorado. We have a Democrat-controlled House and Senate. We have a, a Democrat Attorney General. We have a Democrat Secretary of State. We have absolutely no balance whatsoever in the state of Colorado. Our last our last um, effort has been to go to the, ju the judiciary and ask them to finally look at this case because there is no remedy. There's no no relief going through our elected officials. You, I mean, America has watched what happened to Clerk Tina Peters with these reports. They were done by experts. It doesn't seem to matter. There's no interest uh, from elected officials, from representatives, and we have done it all. You guys have watched this journey of public pressure, of lawsuits, of public shaming, using every avenue, every venue um, possible to expose what these people have done. These elected officials uh, in Colorado and their lack of um, precedent, they, they won't stand up for the people. They won't do what the people are asking. They're not there to represent the people. They're there to hold on to the little bit of power that they have left in Colorado as both Republicans and especially as these left-wing progressives of Democrats in Colorado. So our, our remedy, our hope is that, yes, we are appealing to the judges once again. They said that our previous lawsuits needed to be directed at the Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold. So we are following their advice. Those, those uh, particular lawsuits were dismissed without prejudice, meaning we could go forward. They're lawful claims that we're making. And, but they directed um, this team to go and, and directly go after Jenna Griswold for this lawsuit. So that's exactly what we're doing. And you know, it has to be done. Um, no matter what, it has to be done. We have to pave the way for subsequent lawsuits that will come down the road when judges say, well, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you sought this? We will be able to say, yes, we have. We have done absolutely every little thing possible lawfully and legally to find a remedy for the cheat and the steal that's happening in Colorado. At the very least, to look at the legality of using machines that violate Colorado state law, as well as federal law. And this is why we have to continue to proceed. You know, this it takes grit, as you know, Steve. I mean, there's not anyone grittier in this fight than you. It takes grit to keep going. When one door doesn't seem to be working, we've got to find clever outlets and we've got to find, find clever ways to make sure that um, we, at the end of the day, have our voice back in the state of Colorado. Look, Sharona, nobody doubts your fighting spirit. I mean, you and Tina have just been... Uh have been examples for the whole country. We, te we temporarily lost your lawyer. Hopefully we're getting back for the segments over. But just walk us through. And, and the other thing, the definition of insanity is continue to do the same thing over and over again. If all the judges in Colorado are corrupt, if all the judges in Colorado have a political point of view, 
Why is this? Why going back again? Are you just trying to build a record of how many times you went or for some larger effort? Or is this you think you've got a shot with this? Um, I would say yes and yes. Yes, definitely building a pathway for a larger effort because the judges have specifically said, have you done this? Have you done this? So we're checking all of those boxes to the point where they will be forced to hear the case. And I would say it's less um, political as much as cowardice at this point. Nobody wants to be involved in anything having to do with elections. It's such a hot button topic. The Democrats are in control in Colorado and that's what they wanted. So why on earth would they represent any of these cases? Um, this specific lawsuit, what it does is it says, first of all, it, it, it asks that um, the court will allow the public to have a trial. There, in, all of the, in all of America, the United States, there has not yet been one election case that has been brought to the people to try. Not one. And everyone should understand that when they say judges have seen it. No, they've cast it out without prejudice, but they will not hear it and allow the people through a trial, a jury by trial, to make a decision over whether or not something needs to be done about these black magic boxes. So that's the first thing. Secondly is, as I mentioned earlier, the actual legality, the certification process of the machines. There are laws in Colorado related to voting, and there are laws related to these machines. They do have to be properly certified, and they never were. They have to be air-gapped, and they absolutely are not. These are just, you know, these are just very straightforward, factual, black and white to the letter um, issues that a judge can look at and say yes or no. And that's what we're asking for. We have to set some sort of precedent. And quite frankly, the people of Colorado right now are so disillusioned, not only because of the Democrat control, but because of what we've seen happen within the state GOP itself, going against the will of voters. And so we need them to know we are fighting for them. There's a lot of things that don't happen. Why, why, why do you say going? Why why do you going to say? Why do you say going against the will of the voters? The candidates, the MAGA candidates, lost, and some of them lost pretty handily in Colorado. Isn't that the will of the voters? I would say that it's not the will of the voters. I believe that the machine. I believe this has been a cheat. That's why Tina Peters' case is going to the Supreme Court of the United States of America because the Colorado Supreme Court justices would not hear her case. We want a paper ballot hand recount election. And here's the thing: no matter what happens moving forward, it's really important that we take some kind of power back in what every county should be pushing for right now. Which you can do right now, even without a lawsuit, is ask that a paper ballot hand count be run along with these machines. Let's test it. Let's, this is reasonable. Let's test it. Let's make sure that the results are the same. There's nothing wrong with asking that, making that request. It's still, it's still legal to run a hand count alongside the machines. And that's something your watchers, your viewers can do without a lawsuit. Okay. Hang on. We have your lawyer by phone, uh, Maurice Emmer. Maurice, why, you, you guys are over, I don't know how many in Colorado you can't even get a judge really to take it anywhere. You're now less than three weeks away from election. I think they're already starting to vote in Colorado. What What is specifically are you taking? Why does it make a difference? And why is this just not a, another uh, another uh, uh, brave-hearted attempt, but just another waste of time, sir? Well, it might be a waste of time. I guess time will tell about that. Uh, but why are we doing it? Uh, first of all, it's not too close to the elections for this to be heard, because all we're asking for is counting of the ballots by hand and not by the black box electronic uh, computers. And that's something that easily can be organized now. We're only asking for it in one county, El Paso County. How can you say how can, how can you say it'd be easily 
done? Are they prepared to hand count ballots? Wouldn't that be they, how many thousands of ballots going to come in? To... They've already got over 800 uh, election judges signed up in that one county. And there's a list of at least a thousand more volunteers. So getting the people to do it is not a problem. Organizing them is just okay. a matter of organization. So it's completely practical to do it. And it's only one county that we're talking about. So we want to we want a, a court to hear the evidence and decide, you're right, these machines are illegal under Colorado and federal law. You can't use them in November in El Paso County. Are you, are totally you asking, practical. is totally there a practical. TRO? Are, are, you asking, are you asking something to, uh, are you asking the court to stop this process until, because for the court to hear it and, and, and render a judgment definitively will take a lot more than three weeks, correct? No, that's not true because it's very straightforward. The lawsuit is is carefully tailored to focus on only one of the many illegal aspects of the machines, and that is their routine destruction of data as they operate. And that's uh, it, it, we, we we intentionally didn't uh, bring in counts about all the other problems like the you know the Bluetooth connections that Sharon has referred to and others to make it totally practical for the court to hear the expert evidence and make a decision. So there's just there's no excuse for not hearing it. Uh, it's a simple, straightforward lawsuit with plenty of evidence. And um, the fact that courts don't want to hear it is because the courts don't want to hear it. But the courts hear it based upon the law. The courts, I mean, don't you agree that judges just don't randomly say, I don't feel like hearing it or it's political or... I don't want to touch it. I mean, that's not the way our system works, right? If it, if it has standing and a judge rules it's valid, then you get your day in court. If a judge thinks you don't have standing by the law or you don't have enough there to go forward by the law, then they don't do it, correct? No, that's not correct. Uh, first of all, there is no one system. Okay. There are many different systems. And uh, even in Colorado, there are many different procedural routes. And the procedural route that was followed here is one that's designed in the statute specifically for challenging prospective violations of the state election code. Uh, it's, uh, it's designed to have expedited uh, treatment and resolution. And everything was followed and standing's no problem. Any registered voter is qualified to bring the lawsuit. Uh, the, uh, you just have to read the judge's orders uh, and a uh, an uh, informed lawyer who reads the judge's orders can see that his orders are not based on law. That's it. Okay, not based on law. It's my opinion. Uh, but it's uh, and as an example, in one of the two counties where the case was dismissed at the county level, the uh, defendants, who are all county officials, filed a motion to dismiss, which is very routine in, in litigation, easy way to get rid of a lawsuit. And the, uh, the uh, movements, the public officials, filed their brief in support of their motion to dismiss. The plaintiffs filed their brief in the morning, and uh, within an hour, the judge issued his order granting the motion to dismiss in his order, which is about 12 or 15 pages of legal discussion. He discusses only the defendant's arguments and doesn't bother to, to discuss the plaintiffs because he obviously didn't care, didn't even read, probably didn't even read the plaintiff's brief. So that's an example of obvious um, uh, 
disregard of the process by the judge, just wanted to get rid of the case. Tom, Tom, we got to bounce, but just can you give our audience the, the time frame? When do you anticipate, because we want to follow this closely, obviously this issue is of paramount importance to close the deal on November 8th, but also longer term. What do you anticipate is the critical path here that our audience should be paying attention to? Uh, there will be a, a status conference among the judge and the parties in this current lawsuit, uh, I think, tomorrow. Uh, that will be for the purpose of setting a schedule, briefing schedule, a trial date, and all of that. And uh, it'll be very quick. The judge will, if he doesn't just dismiss it on the, you know, he may he may decide to dismiss it at the uh, at the status hearing. He's the judge, and this this type of lawsuit in Colorado really has no appeal available. The only appeal is directly to the state Supreme Court, and it is discretionary on the court's part. So it's possible the judge will just yeah. say, "I don't want to hear this," and he'll find an excuse. But if he doesn't, then uh, he'll set a schedule. Uh, for a trial and for all the pre-trial activities. There isn't a lot of discovery to do here. There won't be any discovery. They'll just go directly to trial. There would be a exchange of witness, a uh, list of witnesses. And, and we're talking about two weeks, probably. Okay. Tom, how, do you have social media people can follow you? Who follow me? Yeah, does, do you have social media? Can people follow you or a website or how do people follow the updates on the trial? I don't, I don't use. Okay, I don't, fine. I don't use social media. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a lawyer, Tom. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. I'm gonna go back to Sharona. Tom, thank you, Sharona. How do people follow this? Uh, and uh, it, 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 and where do they where do they stay up to date on this? Yes. So uh, Maurice joins us on our Patriot call on Thursday nights. We live stream that call publicly on Facebook and Rumble. So you'll be able to jump on. That is an unbelievable call that we do to keep people abreast of what's happening, what the efforts are and where we're at. So join us on Facebook, America's Mom for sure. Patriot call is 8 p.m. Eastern time, 7, or excuse me, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central and 9 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook and Rumble. Make sure you join us there for the follow up. We should know quite a bit by Thursday, by tomorrow night. So I thank you so much, Steve, and God bless you for everything that you're doing. Hang over a second. Do you have social media also? What's the America's Mom uh, social media so they can, they can follow you there also? Yeah, absolutely. America's Mom, all one word, on Facebook, Twitter, Rumble, Instagram, all the places, and americasmom.net. Don't forget our show on Frank Speech, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 2 p.m. Central Time. What, last thing. If I'm yeah. in El Paso County now and I'm watching the show and I go, I love Sharona, I love Tina, Bannon, I can take her leave, but I love these two. And <laughs> they, she's just totally depressed me. No, she's just totally depressed me because they're going to steal it anyone that shouldn't vote. And obviously we don't want that because everybody's closing in Colorado. And a lot of these candidates are not, you know, war room's cup of tea, but it is what it is. What is your word to people in El Paso sitting there, you know, Sharona told me, they're going to steal it anyway. What, what say you, Sharona Bishop? Well, listen, you don't need your vote to be the one that's stolen. You need to show up and you need to make sure that we as Republicans or, or registered um, independents and conservatives, we need to show up and make sure that our voice is being heard. At the end of the day, there needs to be a mass 
turnout of Republicans in the state of Colorado saying, we're not doing this anymore. We're not killing our babies anymore. We're not doing this um, killing of our ranchers and our farms and our and exploiting our children anymore. You have to show up because your voice is still your vote. That's what we have right now. And you know what? There's going to be things to sort out afterwards, but you miss every every punch that you don't throw. It is so important that people show up for elections. And, and notoriously, conservatives and churchgoers do not vote in primaries, and that, or excuse me, in off-term uh, off uh, elections like this. This is one of the most important elections that Colorado is ever going to see because it will lay the groundwork for, do, does Colorado officially become a little socialist communist state within a free union? Or are, do we have a little bit of a little glimmer of hope on the future on the horizon? It's so incredibly important. I would never, ever, ever advocate for someone to stay home and not vote because it's all we have. We have to exercise it and then we'll sort out the mess like we always do afterwards. Uh, Sharona Bishop, thank you. Honored to have you on here. Keep fighting out there and say, give our best to Tina, the ultimate fighter. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Steve. Okay, Laura Blackwell joins us. Laura, you were on a couple weeks ago and uh, in a personal capacity, you're vice chairman of one of, I think, school boards down in, in Carolina, North Carolina. Uh, walk us through what happened. I understand a little dust got kicked up. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you again for having me back on, and I definitely want to make it very clear um, that I am speaking on behalf of myself, not the, the, the board that I am also a member of. Um, and yes, to your point, there was uh, a lot of support that came my way. Um, I had people that showed up to the board meeting with signs, uh, t-shirts that they made that said, thank you, Laura, um, showing support for, for me and for um, the, the movement that has begun um, to make sure that we keep material that is inappropriate for our children out of the school system. Um, certainly also was met with, with some backlash as well. Um, there have been, um, I was taken off, I was removed as the chair of the committee that I had mentioned uh, to you before, the uh, Literature and Supplemental Material Committee that um, I, I had been the chair of uh, during this and creating, helping to come up with policies um, I have now been removed uh, from that position as the chair um, as well. Um, but to your point, it was a it was an eventful uh, board meeting, and we definitely had people that came out and spoke on on both sides. But Laura, here's what I understand: you were it's pretty straightforward. You just didn't want pornographic or literature in the libraries available to the kids or in the classroom available to the kids that was not age appropriate. What is so controversial about that, that you would be removed as chairman of that subcommittee? Um, you know, Steve, that's an excellent question. Um, I think that we have seen this incredible push from some people regarding this, that they don't want anything removed um, at all from our libraries um, and have no problem having children exposed to certain material. They made it very clear during the board meeting when we had public comment and have made it very clear to me when they have reached out to me calling me a, a fascist or a Nazi um, in order to, to try and keep these children safe um, from this material. And 
you know, questioning my integrity um, during this and and all of those things. I just, I don't know. As a conservative, one of the things that I, that I ask myself is if we are conservatives, if we are not conserving the innocence of our children, then what is it that we are trying to do as conservatives if we're, if we're not at least conserving the, our children's innocence? But what I don't understand, what is the board, why is this controversial? Why are they calling you a Nazi and a fascist? What is controversial about keeping inappropriate pornography away from young children? That's it's just not age appropriate. What, what is, what's the controversy? Well, I, I think that, um, and of course, I can't speak for everyone on the board um, with this. Um, I do know that there are some people that have have reached out to me and just told me, frankly, that they don't like the fact that I brought this out into the open on your show. Um, and I'm sure that you know, Steve, you're a pretty controversial guy uh, within a lot of circles. And so... Uh, people just don't like for this stuff to be brought out. But I feel like as a elected official and, and yeah. just a citizen of this country, it's my responsibility yeah. to make sure that it, we are putting this information out there for people yeah. to know. If, if uh, they didn't, if they did, you should tell your board members if they didn't, you know, the war room is plenty packed with a lot of us stuff we get to. But if they didn't have inappropriate material for children, pornography accessible to them, you wouldn't have to be on the war room. You, you, you wouldn't have to be. I mean, you're you're a hero for stepping forward. Laura, hang on for a second. We, we are packed today, and it's all going to be pretty controversial. It's not that we weren't looking for these stories. These stories came to us because the moms, the dads, the parental rights movement just not going to tolerate it anymore. They're going to hold the line, and they're not going to retreat in a moment in the war room. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the unplugged suite. It's secure. 
It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. WARROOM BATTLEGROUND with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we're going to go back to North Carolina, the Tar Heel State. It is a battleground. Laura Blackwell, uh, Laura, you're running for re-election to the board. It's on November 8th. you got one day less than three weeks. Walk us through. Uh, tell me what you got to do to get re-elected, and how can the War Room Posse assist? In um, probably the most um, divisive and stressful election that I've ever seen, um, you know, we have candidates that are running for Cabarrus County School Board um, that, that state that they want to see um, things get better and bring everyone together. And of course, they're going to listen to the community and, and, and hear what everyone has to say. But then my question becomes, well, then what? What are you going to do when you hear what people have to say? The problem for so long, in my opinion, is the fact that we don't have enough elected officials that are willing to stand up and fight when the time is needed. During COVID, um, when we were having to go through uh, mask mandates and virtual learning, I never voted for a mask mandate within our school system. I never voted for virtual school. Um, th these are pivotal things. And as we move forward with elections, you know, in the, in the coming years, um, we're going to have other issues that come up as well that people are going to need to stand and fight and have to take a side on. And I say that regarding transgender bathrooms and, uh, you know, other materials that, that are wanting to be brought into the school system. So, yes, we all want to hear what community members have. Then the question becomes, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to be the one that is going to stand up and fight and put yourself in the fire, even if you have to do it by yourself? 
Courage is contagious. Uh, we know that. And it's also the most important of all the virtues because upon courage, all the other virtues rest. Laura Blackwell, the one thing we know you are is courageous. How do people get to your campaign site, ma'am, to find out more about this? There's something not right in North Carolina. We've had a couple of the bombs uh, associated with different groups around the state. And something is just not right down there. That's why you need these heroes like Laura Blackwell. Where do people go to find out more about the campaign, man? Well, I have a Facebook page, Laura Blackwell, for Cabarrus County Schools. Um, and then you can also reach out to me on my personal email, uh, lwblackwell78 at gmail.com. Um, I also want to say thank you so much to all of the people that have already reached out to me. I have gotten emails uh, and messages from people from across the country that want to know about some of the policies that we have been able to um, come up with when I was part of that literature committee um, and what what has been happening within our school system as well. So I just thank you so much to all of your viewers and, and let me encourage everyone, please, please stand up for what you see happening within your school system. It is so vital that this election season that we all go out and vote and make your voices heard. Laura, you're a hero. We're going to make sure we get it in all the live chats and up on the uh, site. So, uh, ma'am, thank you very much. Laura Blackwell from North Carolina. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you having me again. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Phoenicia Redman, another hero. Phoenicia, uh, tell us about you. You actually were, uh, you actually, I think, gave a testimony. You were a witness at the, in Pennsylvania at the legislature and did they cut your mic or but you were just reading from the books, I believe, and they said it was too pornographic. Can you walk us through uh, your tale of heroism, ma'am? Uh, I was at the Pennsylvania Senate yesterday um, supporting uh, Senate Bill 966, which is sponsored by Senator Mastriano. It is a parent's uh, bill of rights. The, it will be the first in the state of Pennsylvania. And I gave testimony of my 10-month ordeal working uh, to raise awareness to the school district, police department, the attorney general, the governor, everyone has said this is not a crime. The principal, the detective, uh, all have said that there are, quote, 18-year-olds in the high school and are allowed to read books. Just going to show the cover that uh, show uh, child-on-child oral sex. In this book, there is also evidence of pedophilia, a grown man touching. Oh, can, you, can, you, can you tell, can you, can you tell the, uh, hold it up. Can you tell, just tell the audience, particularly our podcast radio audience, the name of the book? The book is titled Gender Queer. This is one. They can find all these titles, sir, on my GoFundMe page. I've listed every name. They merely okay. just have to type in porn in schools. Here's another one, Fun Home. Another is push. This is the graphic detail of the rape of a young black child by her father. This is tantric sex. These are available. I just want to make sure we're clear here, Phoenicia. These are available in libraries and public schools in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. They are. My son is in high school. He um, these books are available in his high school. We've asked the school to give up, to give me in particular a list of any other sexually explicit books. They refuse. They say they don't have to. 
I've asked for access to the library. I've been denied access to the library. It's been a long ordeal. On June 29, posters that I made enlarging the pornographic pictures, I gave a set of them to the Speaker of the House of Representatives to distribute them to every political party in Pennsylvania in the Capitol. My posters made it into the governor's office on that day. And the governor told the Speaker of the House's representative that he was not interested. He would not support any bills supporting the removal of this graphic, sexually explicit material. Sir, this is a crime. This is not an opinion. This is not banning books. There are two federal laws that explicitly talk about the transfer of obscene materials to minors. It's in my federal lawsuit. I filed the federal lawsuit August 24 of this year. The Attorney General Shapiro, who's running for governor of our state, uh, made a motion to dismiss my case. He gave four reasons, sir. The first reason was, quote, he's entitled to immunity. And the fourth reason he gave is that because I am pro se, which means I don't have a lawyer, I cannot represent my minor child. I cannot defend my child. Let me ask you, why is it controversial to remove this literature? And why is it controversial? Why isn't a parent's right bill like passed in like a day? Why in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania for Shapiro and these guys, why is that in Fetterman? He's a lieutenant governor. Shapiro's the secretary, uh, the attorney general. Why, ma'am, is removing inappropriate, age-inappropriate pornographic material and passing a parental rights bill, why in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, given all the patriots, all the heroes, all the kind of backbone of America types that live in that great state, why is this controversial? It's not controversial. It's criminal. They merely have decided not to follow federal law. The assistant district attorney who reviewed my complaint wrote back to the police department that they do not see this as a criminal matter. They're not following the laws in Pennsylvania. They're not following the criminal law of murder rates in our inner cities, and they're not following federal law as it relates to obscenity with minor children. It's not controversial. These people are mentally ill. Phoenicia, where do you go from here, and, and how can the audience of Warren Posse assist you? I want to, first off, I want to get, I want you to send the GoFundMe or the website. I want everybody to review this material. I think it's very important for you, for the audience just to see it. If, you know, she can't even talk in front of the legislature, it, when you start talking about it, it's so pornographic, we had the woman on the other day, the mom on the other day, that it, we had to edit, we had to edit it because you couldn't put it out even on the streaming service that we use. It was so pornographic. And she's reading from a book that's in the classroom. So where do people go to find out more about this, ma'am? GoFundMe in the search field, just type porn in schools. Simple, porn in schools. And when you get to my page, you'll see a list of all of the titles of these books. We know, sir, that there are more hidden from us. We're going to find it. If I have to walk into federal court in nine days, I only have nine days left to find a courageous attorney who will join me in this fight. But if I don't have one, I'm going to walk into federal court on my own. And I'm going to fight this fight for my Phoenician, child. 
we'll make sure we'll try to find an attorney for you. Let me ask you about, before we go, and we're cramped for time, Josh Shapiro, is he comported himself, in your mind, as a citizen of the Commonwealth with children? Uh, has he comported himself as attorney general that you would feel comfortable with him being governor of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? 100% no. That attorney general and his lieutenants received two complaints from me, one complaint in December and one complaint in April. And in both complaints, I listed and I gave pictures of these pornographic images. And in both occasions, attorney general's lieutenants came back and said, we do not see this as a criminal matter. What is wrong with these people? This, you cannot make this up. It's pedophilia. It's child-on-child -child oral sex. It's women with their faces in the vagina of other women. What have we come to, America? Wake up. Go to my GoFundMe page. Type porn in schools and look at the material. I had a, a parent, a, not a, that's not true. I had a pastor call me, sir, about an hour ago. A pastor received a WhatsApp message from a ninth grade child just today and it was a survey asking this child does she think that sex before marriage is immoral this is a questionnaire the child was also asked i have the text i sent it to your producer should prostitution be illegal i said to parents when you go to my gofundme page and you see this content take pictures of it Send it to me. It is evidence. We will include it in our federal lawsuit. This is a nationwide epidemic of perverting our children at such a young age, sir. We need help in Pennsylvania and across the nation. And my case will make it to the Supreme Court. Phoenicia, uh, thank you for your bravery, your courage, and thank you for being in the war room. Make sure that we get back to you about a lawyer and make sure you have you back on here again. So thank you. Thank you, sir. We're going to put, I want to make sure everybody takes that clip and push it out to everybody in Pennsylvania when people are thinking of voting for Josh Shapiro. Let's go to California, Celestia uh, Feeler. A blockbuster story in today's epic times. Walk me through what's going on, what you found. It's pretty shocking, ma'am. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. Actually, just like any parent out there, we're going through our school district's websites. We're uh, investigating what's being taught in the classrooms, what's being promoted to our children um, as young as elementary kids, uh, because parents are blocked from campuses. Uh, we can't go inside of the classrooms. We can't volunteer like we used to, um, but we're seeing this stuff come home with our kids that are, are you know, we question. Uh, so uh, after going through my uh, district website here in the Coachella Valley, I noticed a website that they were promoting um, to elementary children, uh, the Trevor Project. Uh, I, after looking through it and going to the website, I noticed that it was for 13 to 24 year olds uh, under the guise of LGBTQ uh, suicide prevention. Um, 13 to 24 year olds is a major red flag. What do adults have to do with talking to children about sex and gender? Uh, after digging more into this, I uh, posed as a 16 year old, uh, went into the website and found about 30 chat rooms 
um, where adults were discussing uh, the, the most disgusting things with kids, even seeing, um, you know, children asking who's monitoring this because they even think that they're being sexually harassed. Uh, you see that adults asking for um, photos of children uh, or rating children's photos that they post of themselves with barely any clothes on. Um, and adults asking for children to leave the website altogether and go to their Discord or other chat means, uh, means which is like text messaging or anything else. And parents don't even have a clue. Um, the most disturbing thing that I found is a group called Littles. Littles is uh, a chat room where it's adults that who identify as children. Um, this is sick. This is mental illness, and they're using our kids as therapy. Uh, so I filed a police report with the Riverside County Sheriff uh, Department, also notifying uh, human trafficking and exploited children because I can. This is a breeding ground for that. Kids go missing all the time because they've met somebody online. Here it is in our face. So I brought this to the attention of Riverside County Sheriff's Department. I demanded that they open a case. I didn't ask for the website to be completely taken down or, but I did ask for them to investigate it and deem that it's not safe. Uh, and it should be taken down from our uh, school websites being promoted by school. I also went to our, my school district and uh, with another parent back in July, did a presentation for them, showed them what was on this. They didn't even have a clue what was on this website. They don't even vet this stuff before they offer it to our children. They did end up taking it down because they agreed that it's disgusting. They shouldn't be promoting this. I thank them for that. But to have uh, you know, law enforcement even find nothing wrong with this, or look into it and think that what, what uh, do you mean? You know, law, law enforcement, law, hang on, law, law enforcement, the Riverside County Police are not investigating this as a crime because trust me, somebody vetted this in the related to the school to put it up there. That's whoever's telling you that is lying to you. It's just a lie. Somebody, somebody went on that site. Somebody knew what they were doing. You're telling me that Riverside well, County is not going to pursue this as a crime? No, um, I, yes, I'm telling you that they're not, they have closed the investigation. I understand okay. on part of this um, because this is such a huge thing. There's no actual victim here locally. Uh, I understand that, but the whole site, it needs to be deemed that it's not safe for children. Uh, it needs to be taken down from yeah. websites uh, yeah. across the nation. Hang on one second. Just stay right there. I want to bring. Do we have the cold open for uh, for uh, Sarah? Do we have the uh, video up? Yeah. Can we play? Let's play Sarah Gonzalez. She's going to join us from Plano, Texas. Stay right there, Celeste. Um, let's play uh, Sarah Gonzalez's uh, video. We'll put this up. Th thank you. It's it's too obscene to put up. Sarah Gonzalez, we only got a couple of minutes. We'll have you back on. 
What am I looking at there with parents with small children in these, uh, whoever these dancers are, ma'am? Sarah just Okay, we just lost Sarah Gonzalez. Let me go back. And we'll get Sarah back up tomorrow morning. Don't worry. That tape is just unbelievable. That's from Plano, Texas. This is in the state of Texas. Celeste uh, Feeler, uh, once again, I just want to make sure what we saw, uh, the Trevor Project website uh, was put up on the school's website for children to use as a as a potential anti-suicide hotline. Is that what it was proposed as? Yes. Yes. It's under the guise of suicide prevention. Um, but then when you go into that, uh, you notice that there's all of these chat rooms um, involving adults and children. Uh, the problem is, is that we are normalizing this when our job as adults is to protect children. We're taking this most vulnerable group and we're throwing them into a, a predator's playground. Uh, this needs to be stopped. And I don't know how, uh, you know, um, predators are becoming a, a a protective class. I mean, this is sick. This is wrong. And just like the parent prior uh, that was speaking to you, you know, our kids are under attack and this must be stopped. And it's going to take parents to do it. Keep being um, loud, speak up. Uh, don't let this stuff go. Uh, we need to keep bringing this to the attention of other parents. Um, and because one sheriff's department Stop or close the investigation doesn't mean yeah. that we need to yeah. stop exposing this. No, 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 no. The the war room's on this now. I, we want to get to you right away. The Epic Times, the story is it's unbelievable. I know the writer for the Epic Times has sent it to me, and it's almost like it's incredible. How do people? Yeah. Uh, we'll put the story up. How do people uh, get to you, ma'am? Do you have a Facebook? Or do you have social media? I do have social media. Uh, I am the chapter chair for Moms for Liberty in Riverside County. Uh, I do have a Facebook group. Um, there's my personal Facebook is Celeste Feeler um, and an Instagram that is Moms for Liberty Rivco, where I expose all of this stuff happening in our school. You keep fighting. We love the Moms for Liberty. Tiffany and Tina, you guys are hammers and you're turning this country around. Trust me. Celeste, honored to Thank have you. you on here. Thank you. Thank you. Tomorrow morning, we're going to get uh, Sarah. We dropped the, the link, but we'll get her back up. Also get these other moms, too. This is the fight. This is the fight. Like I said, it's not, not my line of country, but somebody's got to do this. It's just not acceptable. And she's 100% correct. They're coming for the children. They're coming for your children. See you tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time in the war room.